Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Inflation in Canada is at 7.7%. The Bank of Canada raised interest rates at record levels earlier this week. The price of groceries continues to rise, and the price of gasoline is a bit lower, but still expensive. The cost of everything goes up and up. For those on fixed incomes, the pressure is great. Trish Baird, CEO of Community Care Northumberland, knows firsthand. Some seniors are ordering fewer meals on wheels. Others are giving up their cars because they cannot afford them. And as we heard earlier, some are facing homelessness. This interview bears witness to the plight of many in the community. Have a listen. I'm so pleased to have with me today Trish Baird, CEO of Community Care Northumberland. Welcome to Consider This. Thank you, Robert, and uh, welcome to you too. It's nice to see you again. Thank you. As an organization that delivers many services to seniors in Northumberland, what impacts has the rise in the price of groceries and gasoline, among other essentials, had upon these people? Yeah, it's, uh, it, it has been this gradual increase in prices that uh, at some point in time do seem to affect our clients. Many of our clients are, are lower income, um, but there are, are clients that are on a, you know, maybe a fixed income, but, but not a low income. But all of a sudden the price at the grocery store and costs for services have gone up. So we find at Community Care, we've tried to keep any of our fees fairly low for prices. So sometimes when we do increase them, they say, I'm surprised that you haven't already. Um, But for some of our uh, drives for uh, Meals on Wheels and for food, we find people are buying uh, maybe less healthier options because those are sometimes the expensive things, right? The the fresh vegetables and meats and uh, fresh breads and things. So they become more expensive. So they're buying less healthy and they're buying less of it. Or from us, they're ordering maybe a few less meals, um, you know, that type of thing. So they're obviously trying to stretch. And now that's not everybody, but um, buying less is, is one of the impacts. Um, another impact we see are um, people that used to drive themselves are now phoning to ask for a ride through our transportation service because they they can't afford the gas or they can't afford um, you know, their insurance, or they've decided to give up their car, um, or feel, or feel kind of guilty to ask their friends, right, of, of, to take them because of the price of gas. Um, so it impacts on their budget. Uh, we have had to just recently put our, uh, mileage rate up for our transportation. So it, you know, it's a significant increase. Um, our volunteers are paid for out-of-pocket expenses for their transportation, 
and but that cost is passed along to our clients. So I did look this morning. So for an example, if you wanted to go from Campbellford to Coburg, which we do have a lot of people doing that, um, as of, I guess it was June 1st or July 1st, the price went up um, significantly. And in my opinion, from $55 to $67. So, you know, that's if you go three times a week for dialysis and you use, you know, you, you can only go with one person. If you're not using our vans where we might be able to do some cost share, that's a, you know, that's a fairly significant increase. What about uh, the Meals on Wheels? I know that's one of your big food programs that mm -hmm. you do. I know it's not the only one, but it's a big one for you. What sort of impacts has inflation had? You mentioned earlier that uh, people are maybe ordering less, not yeah. more. Um, how much do you charge for a Meals on Wheels? And, and can you tell us a little bit more in detail about how that's impacting the food side of your programs. Right, yeah. So our Meals on Wheels, we have two options. We have hot Meals on Wheels and we have frozen Meals on Wheels. So in um, at January 1st, we increased our price of our hot meals by $1. So they went to six from $6 to $7. So they are $7 for a meal. And that would be a full meal that many people use for you know two meals because you get plenty. Um, so in that instance, you know, people may be saying instead of ordering, you know, every day, they might order three times a week and get the delivery or twice a week, um, or they're looking to receive a subsidy for the Meals on Wheels. So um, they can apply if they have a low income. Um, we do have a process that they, we, we do through fundraising, get money for uh, subsidies and through grants. Um, so we've had a few increased requests for subsidy. With our frozen meals, we increased the price uh, by 50 cents. Uh, I think they were 550 and they're now $6. Now it's a bit of a smaller meal because it's just the entree. It, you don't include a soup or a dessert. Um, but for six, the $6. And again, it's because usually they buy in bulk, so they might buy enough, so they might not order as often, or they might just not order as, as many meals. Um, so I don't, you know, unfortunately, we don't know where, are they just stretching that meal out? Um, or looking at other options, I think is where I, I think too, I mean, $6, you, you can't go to a restaurant, and, and get a meal for $6. So, I mean, it, it's an incredibly good deal then to even think that even at that low rate, yeah. you're finding that people are struggling or yeah. stretching it out, as you say, trying making compensation because of the inflationary pressures that they're facing. Yeah, and I think it's also the worry about, you know, house, especially if they're in a precarious housing situation and if their rent is going up or if they're worried about those types of cost increases, then some of those things like their, their food, unfortunately, are those that people cut back on. Are there specific areas that are being hit that one might not realize or be as obvious? I, I was thinking in terms of things like the utility bills or anything like that. Are, are you, do they mention anything to you or do people confide in you? You know, this is the situation I'm finding myself in and what sort of stories are you hearing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, now a lot of people are just, you know, people are very generous and a, a lot of our clients, because we have kept our costs as low as we can, 
have have really appreciated that and and people are more instead of hearing kind of the negative from people it's more the well thank you because it's a volunteer that's taking them or a volunteer that's delivering them so they you know they don't really tell their tale to to us because they're just appreciating the service um we do hear many people you know i'm a senior how am i going to afford that and and you know they're not seeing any increase in their income uh, so it's just kind of one more kick at the can i guess you know that they're seeing but no i don't have anything specific around uh those hidden costs but i think it's as a generation people are worried about um being a um burden's not the right term i'm thinking of but but uh asking people for assistance people are very um find it difficult to ask for assistance and when they know it's going to cost the person so as i was talking about the drives you know they don't want to ask their friend to take them because they don't want to put them in that position so how does community care bridge that gap then because obviously you have services they're helpful mm -hmm. to people how do you bridge that gap so that people find it easier to say yes please help me yeah, well, we certainly we we try to keep our relationship with them very close. And then when we talk to them, we say, well, we know we've had to, you know, this is the price. Um, how does that we 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 broach the subject? So we will say to them, you know, is that okay? Like, are you able to afford that? We might be able to find a different way of of helping you with that if if you can't. So um, most of our staff and volunteers will uh, almost train to let's us approach the subject versus asking our, our people to ask us for help. So, so being a bit more proactive and, and asking them, you know, how are things going when we have our daily phone calls with people, how are things going, you know, are you able to get out? Are you able to, so we try to, to put those bit of a markers in, in our conversation so that, um, clients aren't feeling like they're asking, but that they're sharing that story with people. We've talked a little bit about fixed incomes and maybe not all the listeners may understand what that means. Um, my understanding is, is that as inflation rises, this devalues the fixed income. So the incomes can be from say investments or other sources that may not rise as fast as inflation. Do you find seniors in response to this, then either not retiring or, for example, going back to work mm. as a response to to maintain a, a level of income because they can't afford to live on a fixed income. Yeah, uh, certainly I see, um, you know, just even personally, um, well seniors, if you would call, um, you know, people that are looking, oh, what can I do to kind of um, just push that income up a little bit more. Um, so looking at some of those, you know, part-time opportunities that they have. We have a, a program at Community Care, which is a home health program, which is light housekeeping in housekeeping. So, so people that are able to do that, you know, can do that and receive a, a fee for going an hourly rate. Um, they're contract workers, basically. So they might say, hey, maybe I'll go back and do some house cleaning a couple days a week or a day a week. And then at least that that increases. And I think for, for many people on, you know, there's not a lot of people that have, or not the average person has all of, has investments. Um, and when you're just on a um, old age security or with a, you know, a supplement, 
you don't see that going up as quickly as the the prices at the grocery store when you're, um, you know, and, and that's not a lot of money to be living on and you're, you're watching your pennies. So when you, as you mentioned before, you see your hydro rates go up or your, uh, you know, cost of a, uh, to mail something or all those things that you might have just everyday type things, you know, the taxi to get downtown, um, it all adds into that income. I wanted to talk a bit about the, the Canada Pension Plan and old age supplement and, and things like that, because I, I guess in June, the federal government said it was going to be increasing old age supplement to those that are 75 years or older by 10%, which worked out to about $766 per year. Um, what do you think needs to be done to help seniors financially? I mean, is this enough or is it not enough? Or what, what needs to be done to give seniors the money that they need to live properly. Yeah, and I mean, I'm, I certainly am not an expert in, in any of uh, what that is, but I think some of the expenses that we see that seniors have that they could be assisted with that's been talked about for a long time are things like dental care, care for hearing, like hearing aids, things that you you now have to pay out of pocket for because they are not covered as a senior citizen. Well, you're not covered at all, right? So um, now you are with your prescription drugs, but but you still need dental care. Um, you still need your hearing aids, glasses. Like those are some of those health things that really can help you remain independent at home. Um, and if we could assist with those costs, maybe it would help out people as, you know, to be able to manage some of their other costs. I, and I don't really have, a, have an answer to, uh, certainly having subsidized housing would be a key. I mean, housing is such a big cost for many people that do not, well, even if you own your own home, um, it's still a huge uh, cost. Uh, taxes, you may, you may have paid off your home, but, your municipal taxes are still increasing at a fairly brisk rate. So um, all those things don't cover, I think, I'm not even sure, they say with old age security, what about the people between 65 and 75 that, that you know, aren't seeing that increase with uh, the 10% increase, so. It's interesting you mentioned housing because I, I was gonna ask you, Debbie Wood of the Help Center, made several presentations to politicians last week, explaining the rising number of seniors who are ending up homeless. Mm. Have you, through the community care, encountered people who are in precarious positions with housing or are finding themselves having becoming yeah. homeless? Yeah, we certainly do see, uh, and we see it mainly through our transportation program. That's where we see where we're taking people um, to various spots and those conversations arise, but, but also it's mainly seniors that are in, um, that are renting usually um, how in, in houses. So it's not a, an apartment building where, you know, the house has now been put up for sale uh, or, and the, you know, the owners are who, who knows who's buying it, but, but it's, it causes so much stress for the people that are living there because there is nowhere to, to move to. So, um, you know, they, they look for family and can I, do they have any children or brothers or sisters? 
Um, I mean, I don't personally know anybody that's that's um, living in their tent somewhere, but uh, I'm sure there are examples of it. it. It would not surprise me just because of the um, amount of um, the lack of rental space and not only from people buying homes, but the increase in um, short-term rentals is, uh, I mean, you can just look at it yourself onto Airbnb or any of those, uh, the number of short-term rentals, homes that are now turned into short-term rentals is, is quite astounding. Helen Donovan, the CEO of the Fair Share Food Bank said food security especially for seniors, is a major concern. Now, I know we talked earlier about you provide Meals on Wheels for many seniors mm -hmm. in the community, but what are you as an organization finding in terms of your own issues in dealing with things like buying your own food to create these uh, meals and, and other expenses that you may have related to inflation? Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, our inflation costs uh, for all of our programs. So we we have a fairly we have our, our volunteer transportation side of uh, our transportation, but we have our our own accessible and we do rural transit. Now we've been able to keep we have uh, agreements with municipalities to provide a bit of a rural transit uh, using our accessible vehicles. Those vehicles are not inexpensive. So we're putting gas and diesel into those vehicles. Uh, we're taking more people because they're not taking their own but vehicles, but we've, we've had the support of the municipalities and for our short little routes, we've been able to keep our price at, at a $5 per person rate, um, but, but our costs are going up and certainly, you know, um, uh, staff are looking for, for wage uh, increases, which is always a challenge when you're trying to recruit staff. Um, and then just the cost of, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, providing the food for our um, Meals on Wheels and also at uh, Ed's house at the hospice, we provide food there, you know, those costs, the costs of um, heating, cooling, all of those, those day-to-day -day costs, yeah, everything. Now, fortunately with COVID, our staff are not traveling as much as they do had before. So our mileage costs for staff. So we're trying to take advantage of Zoom and, you know, meeting across the county because our staff are spread across Northumberland County. Um, so we've seen savings there, but, um, you know, we've seen, fortunately, there's been some government, uh, both provincially and federally, some grants that we've been able to access. Uh, and we're always keeping an eagle eye out for different granting opportunities that we can uh, look for um, because we're not 100% funded by, by the Ministry of Health. So Now, I, I, I was doing this almost in a left-handed way. I'm going to try and turn it back a little bit. I guess what I was looking for, too, was uh, do you refer to other agencies within the community and collaborate? I apologize. My question was a bit awkward there. Yeah. But I guess, I guess what I was looking for, too, was this idea that, you know, the fair share food banks out there, the help centers out there, th there are these agencies out there. How does those collaborations work in terms of helping seniors find services and get the support that they need so they can continue to live independently? Yeah, we, I mean, naturally we uh, connect with all of our uh, partners in the, in the community. Um, so if, um, you know, somebody is looking for housing, we had a gentleman just the other day come in and into the office in Campbellford 
and um, Transition House was able to take the person, but they couldn't get there. So, you know, we we were able to get the person to Transition House at a very, you know, reduced rate. We have to have the van going. So we are all closely connected so that we can help people out to get to places. And, and most of the organizations will know, um, you know, we can get some meals into your, if they meet somebody, they'll know who to go to for those temporary meals. Um, or like with the Salvation Army, the same sort of thing, you know, uh, we have those connections. Um, we've recently started up to help people that need to get out of hospital and to go to our um, hospice, a stretcher transfer service, because the uh, private um, services are very pricey. And, and so this stretcher transfer service has really helped out people to get. So the hospitals know this. And, you know, so we do work very closely with our community partners because we can't all do it on our own. That's for sure. What do you see in terms of the role of families playing in supporting seniors? I mean, I know you guys help with a lot of services, mm -hmm. but surely there must be the, you know, the family around that. And how do those relationships work? And what are you seeing, especially with all the, the pressures that are rising now? How are they responding and, and what are you finding? Yeah, and, and I, this has not just been in the last the last little while, but I find with a living here in a rural area where a lot of people are migrating to um, from other areas, that the families are not nearby. And even though they want to support, uh, maybe mom and dad have moved and in their retirement to this beautiful, idyllic rural area of Northumberland. And, uh, you know, the, the kids don't live nearby anymore. And the family, there isn't those supports. So it's really hard. Uh, so we talk to a lot of families who are at a distance and, um, you know, trying to make those arrangements for services. And, and we're only a Monday to Friday organization. Usually the families are there on the weekends. So it's a little bit of a scheduling nightmare for them. But we do a lot of uh, by phone to let them know, you know, yes, we'll be there. This is what we'll do and, and do that follow up. So it is it is a challenge because then families can't get here and then an increasing costs for the families if they have to drive here. And, you know, it just goes on and on. So, um, I mean, they're they're being called on more um, because I think um, they're being asked because the families are, are having more pressure on them. So. I know you offer a very wide range of services to seniors. Um, do you offer anything to help with the transition, say from home to long-term care or to moving into supportive housing? I, I mean, is that part of, of what you do as well? Uh, we, the only, we would do just by kind of helping with navigating that or helping people, where do you go? How do you do it? Who do I talk to? So we would help with that type of conversation. Um, so if they were looking, you know, specifically long-term care, you know, this is the system, this is who you have to call, you know, that, and then um, I'm helping them out that way. And, um, you know, we do have programs to help people out of the hospital when they need to leave the hospital. So we'll help them get home, you know, have a PSW sitting there for a couple hours to uh, settle them at home. Um, so kind of those 24 hour turnaround type uh, activities. We do have um, connections though through our, what we would call our home maintenance program. So if you need um, help at home with 
maybe you're moving and you, you know, so we might connect you with a, a handyman or something like that. So we'll, we'll try to connect you uh, with some of those services. It's really struck me as we're talking about all these services that you provide. And yet I was thinking when you saying about home maintenance, you know, how much does it cost for wood now and for nails? <laughs> and then, you know, the PSW that you mentioned, I'm thinking, those rates must be going up too. I mean, there's yeah. just, it just strikes me. I, maybe you could talk a bit about it. How many times inflation touches the activities that you're involved in? Yeah, yeah, yes. And I mean, all of those costs, as you say. Uh, so yeah, you want some home maintenance guy to come and, you know, we've had some people where they've, had to build a ramp or something like that now into their home because they can't do the steps. So, you know, we say, yes, well, we do have some money through United Way. Our, we have some United Way funding to help with building those things. But, you know, we are expected to, to pay for some and we can pay for some. And so it's a very case-by-case, uh, one-on-one -on -one conversation that we we have. And, and try, I mean, there's no shame in, um, in working with us and because the community support wants to support people in these situations and that's why they give give donations to united way or to community care or salvation army you know so but, but it must i mean it, it must be putting a lot of pressure like I, i'm starting to get yeah. a real sense of the pressure that it's putting on you at this time to to sort of you know you yourselves as an organization have to rise to the challenge yeah. as well uh, you know when you're sitting around tables what do you what are you guys saying to each other and, and to how to respond we're, we're always hoping our budget will balance at the end of the year, that's for sure. Um, yeah, no, it is, it's, um, it's a, you know, as COVID has got everybody tired about talking about COVID, it, it is a tiring conversation because we don't have all the answers and all we can do is, you know, just make people aware of the situation and try to help people deal with the stress as they go through it. Um, I don't have any magic bullet or answer, but the conversations happen. And um, yeah, it's not a, it's not an enlightening conversation. It's, it's yeah, it can be very frustrating and um, defeating, I guess, sometimes. Are seniors in our community under threat? Is, is this a crisis? I, I don't know if I'd call the inflation a crisis. I think there's little, I, I, I really believe housing is the, I think people need, I think housing is the root of the crisis, if you want to call it that. And that once we have stable housing for people, they can, it, your outlook changes and um, there may be a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I think that's the fear is everybody, especially in Canada where it's okay now, right now, but, um, you know, winter comes, you want to turn the heat on or you want a roof over your head. Um, and so I think, I think that's the, the key right now. And I, I gather some of the municipalities have been talking about that. It just doesn't seem to be a lot of forward momentum and, and it's not something we're, we're heavily involved in, but all we can do is advocate for our clients that need, um, affordable housing. What can the community do? I guess, uh, I mean, depending on what, where, you, where you see the challenges is, uh, is to um, lobby our, our municipal and provincial um, parliaments for um, housing, supportive, affordable housing. 
And um, I mean, if you've got time on your hands, if you can volunteer, we have lots of opportunities um, where you can go out to help somebody else. Um, and it helps that person not have to rely on uh, friends or family. And also uh, through their donations to some of these community organizations that they can, um, if, you've, if, if the um, inflationary factors are not impacting you as much, then um, maybe by helping out somebody, somebody else less fortunate would be uh, great. Trish Baird, I want to thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Robert. It's been a pleasure. That was Trish Baird, CEO of Community Care Northumberland. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.